Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we are seeking to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays. With me is Jay Jones. And this is Free for All Friday. How's it going? It's going well. It's cold outside. George, it is so cold and windy outside. I think the best way for people to grasp it that aren't from Oklahoma is when we were traveling around, you know, in the military, mm-hmm. my dad, you know, my dad would be preaching in chapel or whatnot. And he, his favorite joke was to say, you know, about Oklahoma, I'm from Oklahoma and we get white caps in our toilet bowl in Oklahoma. Okay. You know, white caps mm-hmm. like you know, that you see on the, on the ocean or the lake when the waves go. Right. And, uh, I think people, it, people laugh, they're like, ha, ah, but what they don't realize is the toilet bowl water here will move. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not that's not a joke. That's not a joke, is it, Larry? It used to perplex me. I'm like, how is this happening? I remember staring at it yeah. when I was younger. Like, how is the wind outside making the toilet bowl water move? Yeah. And then I became a plumber. Okay. So every bathroom unit, right, that's... So your toilet bowl is connected <clears throat> to a vent. Plumbing won't work without venting. It'll, like... It'd be like uh, trying to, to drink out of a straw... While you have the other end of the straw plugged, yeah. it's got to have air. Uh-huh. So there's a vent for for every unit. You know, it's a, underneath goes up through the top of your deal. But apparently, the wind blows so hard here, somehow it creates some type of vacuum. I'm guessing, mm. and that's what makes the water in your toilet bowl move. That's, see, this, Oklahoma, see, that's this Oklahoma. Is the, this is the informative. Uh, quality content that people tune in for this is the engaging the mind part well <laughs> i'm i'm curious i'm curious but you just have no clue like if you grew up in california or some yeah. other place where the wind never blows like this now maybe in northern california uh, I don't how, know. how fast was the wind going this morning larry do you have any idea the the other day we had like 60 yeah. mile an hour <laughs> sustained winds right it wasn't like so we were. It was for so hours. We, so we have prayer meeting on Wednesday nights, and um, it was it was smaller last night because of uh, of sickness. And we're sitting there, and it's it's quiet in the in the sanctuary, and you hear this creaking. <laughs> and uh, one of the guys jumped up. He thought someone was trying to get in the was knocking on the front door. I was like, nah, that's, that's just the wind blowing against the steeple. Oh man, <laughs> I'm sure that everything's okay up there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, it was very windy. Hopefully, they've got it latched down really good. Hey, I don't know. It's, it's knowing made knowing it so this, far. knowing this building, who knows, Jay? Who but knows? Now I'm curious for the listeners. We've got listeners. We actually have listeners from other parts of the world, different countries. Even. Uh, yeah, I was surprised, but uh, many other states. Mm-hmm. Tighten this this thing up. If you're out there and you want to remark where you're from, and tell me if the wind blows your toilet bowl water. <laughs> Because now I'm curious. You know what I mean? Is this an Oklahoma only thing? Okay. I want to know. So re- reply. Someone someone put in the comments. <laughs> We're really off to a strong start this morning, Jay. It's, it's free for all Friday, it my is. friend. I'm glad that you brought up military, uh, your military background, Jay, because uh, there's been a, an article going around that uh, I think that you would be interested in. Yeah. Uh, I, I just pulled up the one from the Denver Gazette, but I've seen it all over the place. And uh, we can put that up on the screen and you can see it. Fairfax Public School Curriculum says children from military families are privileged. 
Uh, I'm curious now. Uh huh. Well, let let me know. Okay, what so, do they say? <laughs> all right. So, Fairfax County Public Schools included military kid as a privilege category during a bingo style exercise instructing children to identify their privilege. Set up as a kind of bingo card with a free space in the middle, the exercise asks students to identify different categories of privilege based on race, gender, family dynamics, and socioeconomic status. And mm-hmm. from what I read, there's stuff like cisgendered and uh, white and things like that. Now, this is in an English class, Jay. <laughs> the, shocked. That's, shocked that was in English That's class. what That's what made it really funny for me uh-huh. um, because people were obviously upset that that being in the military was one of the it was one of the of the, the spaces <laughs> for for uh. identifying whether you are privileged and uh, so the assistant superintendent responded and said that this comes from an approved FCPS that's Fairfax County Public uh-huh. Schools English curriculum lesson that is centered around students selecting a choice test and examining in detail the author's perspective on a wide range of issues uh. and I'm just going to as as someone that has an English degree I'm left shaking my head, (laughs) scratching my head, trying to figure out what does this have to do with English? (laughs) What's this have to do with with learning how to um, read, learning how to write, um, and then just uh, just adding military to uh, to the privileged slot? So, so Jay, you are uh, you're white, Uh. you're a man, um, you are cisgendered. Uh, you're you're a Christian, and you were in the military. Military that takes man, it that's, through the roof. That man. is, um, well, children. That, that is privileged bingo, right not there. Not only my was I in, I was a child of a military. Right. Member. Yeah. Right. Grew right. up. Grew up. My dad was in the army the whole time. The yeah. only thing I could see on their weird, strange, like chart thing, the mm-hmm. socioeconomic deal. Maybe that's what they're counting, uh-huh. because people in the military probably, in general, even with no college education, are doing much better than the regular population. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but the rest, I, I have no clue. I, I don't know how going to like. You mean you have a steady job? Yeah. Um, that requires hard work and some hazard hazardous situations, and you're getting paid well to do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that. Getting paid that might that might trigger some of the, uh, the socialist minded people out there. And if you don't have college, they'll pay for you to go to college. Uh-huh insurance i mean you're getting everything yeah so maybe that's what kicked them into the privileged <laughs> class i guess because their parents have a steady job and how privileged health, did, and health insurance how privileged did you feel moving around every couple of years not it, you it's felt not pretty, great you felt yeah, pretty privileged yeah, yeah. <laughs> how about when you were over in iraq did you did you really feel that privilege yeah it was super privileged then mm-hmm. yeah it, you know when you're a kid like uh We've got military families here, and a lot of have kids. It's just it's tough on the kids too. It's not just like tough on the the person right. serving because yeah. you get to say goodbye to your parents, and yeah. if you're old enough to understand what's going on, you know you got to wonder like, are they ever coming back or not? All that yeah. stuff. But even if that if that stuff isn't going on, just moving every couple of years. The longest we were ever anywhere, I think, was four years okay. when I was growing up. Um, went to one to three different elementary schools, one junior high, two different high schools. Okay. So every couple of years, by the time I got into high school, I'm like, I'm not even bothering making friends. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I'm like, hey, whatever. Mm. I, I'm not going to see you guys. 
<laughs> right. In two years or talk to you again. This yeah. is pretty cell phone stuff. Like, no, I'm not going to whip out the letter and pen and write to all my friends, become pen pals. Oh, well. I you mean, know what I'm saying? I mean, heaven forbid, you yeah. write a letter. <laughs> I'm sure some people maybe did that back in the day, but yeah. just moving everywhere. And every time you move, like we went to school back in the day, George, uh-huh. like uh, touching was allowed. Okay. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I, I kid you not. This Every time we'd move somewhere, mm-hmm. I'd get in a fight, mm. fist fight at school. It was just expected. I just knew it. So I'd, by the time I was in high school, I'd, I'd come in and I'd be like, all right, who's going to try it? Did you win those fights? George, you know. That's because you're privileged. You know, man. It's because you're um, privileged. Yeah. Well, it's probably because I got in so many growing up. <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays, nowadays okay. you just can't even do it. You can't, you can't even touch a kid. Yeah. So I, I don't even know what these kids do in school, how they settle their differences these days. I don't know. Yeah. They, they start Twitter wars with each other or something. They make mean uh, TikToks about each other. <laughs> and then Jay watches them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that sends them to me. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't the best, but you know, it's, uh, it gave a good life. Um, I think the way my parents grew up, they didn't, they didn't grow up like wealthy or anything. And yeah. it probably took my family into a higher social class than they would have, than, than we would have been yeah. had they not served in the military. Mm-hmm. So, but lots of hard work and lots of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's not. I I guess for um, a culture that is getting so accustomed to things just being handed to them, the idea that you would work and that you would be rewarded for hard work right. is um, it's offensive to them. Yeah, I mean, the military is a meritocracy. You know, it really is. Um, if you, I mean, things don't work out perfectly all the time, but I'd say like ninety something percent of the time, if you're a hard worker and you do what you're supposed to do, you're going to advance. Yeah. And sometimes you can advance very quickly, depending on how good you are, and you'll be rewarded. And it does not matter what color you are. Yeah. The military, you know, don't listen to what people say on the internet and on the news. If you could do the job, they don't care who you are. You're advancing because mm-hmm. they want the best people to to be in charge. You know, yeah. to have more responsibility. So, if you're out there, that's an option. You know what I mean, right? <coughs> so I know if I was, <clears throat> I was trying to think like, man, if I if I came from a family didn't have any money, couldn't afford to go to college, like maybe I wasn't a super great athlete, I couldn't get a scholarship. There's no question. Yeah. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. All right. Well, there's your uh, there's your privilege for. Uh, they ought to they ought to send me something. The uh, recruiting services. I just did them a favor. Yeah. Make your checks out to Jay Jones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do we want to talk about this uh, this video that's been going around? I mean, if you haven't heard about... The spitting? If you haven't heard about this by now, I don't know where you've been. <laughs> I'm just going to start laughing, dude. <laughs> so, this stuff is so ridiculous. All right, so a uh, pastor... <laughs> Should we put that oh, in, in quotation man. marks? A pastor, pastor. Uh, in, in Bixby. 
Bixby, Oklahoma. Uh, big, big church. <laughs> Dude, this is in Bixby? Yeah. Good yeah, night. Bixby. Uh, Transformation Church, which has, um, goodness, it started um, with 300 people in 2015, and now it's got 4,000. That's a big church start. It's a bit, yeah. Start out with 300? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's, it's a got big, how many now? About 4,000. Wow. And then, um, goodness, a bunch, a bunch of people watch online. Um, yeah, as many as 24,000 watch the church's services online. Um, so anyway, this is a, this is a big church, uh, in Oklahoma. And, um, I wouldn't even know about this if it wasn't for what he did on Sunday. <laughs> oh, do you want to set it up or should I just go? I don't even know how to set it up. Um, he's, I didn't listen to the whole sermon, Jay. I, I just, I just didn't. <laughs> but he's using Mark chapter eight. Jesus is in Bethsaida and some people bring a blind man to him. He leads the man out of the village and he spits on his eyes and lays hands on him and he heals him from his blindness. All right. All right. Uh, but uh, this pastor, um, Michael Todd, decided that he had primo <laughs> illustration. <laughs> All right, let's, let's see it. Okay. Changing something and you don't see it clearly yet, but you hit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh. And this is where most people Look at this dude. He's trying he's trying to like would not, not face Jesus anymore. Not to leave. What most people would do is turn away. <coughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this what I'm telling you, what I'm telling you is just as he's physically standing here, knowing what's coming, God's saying, can you physically and spiritually and emotionally be able to stand when getting the vision or receiving it might get nasty? <laughs> I'm going to point. Just like from God. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. You mean, God, I just bought, in crazy faith, I just bought my dream car. <laughs> and now you're going to ask me? George, you ever bought a car in faith? sell it back and ride in the hoofy again? Yeah, because the vision I'm about to give you. That's primo. get nasty. Oh man! Oh! Ah! Oh goodness gracious! He's wiping spit all over his face. Oh, it's stringy. If you're if you're listening, if you're listening and not watching, he just hocked a loogie and he has wiped it all over the man's face, and it came off stringy off his off his hands. Oh my goodness! I gotta have this guy on the podcast. Yeah, he needs some. Oh my goodness! He needs some Michael Todd. 
Oh. Wow. Um, sometimes the vision from God gets nasty, Can Jay. I, do I need to play more? Is there more? There's a little bit more. Oh, There's okay. a little bit Let's more. Let's go back. Uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. This dude is sitting here with glistening cheeks. <laughs> His cheeks are glistening. <laughs> what, what I'm telling you is how you just reacted is how the people in your life will react. When God is doing what it takes, for the miracle, what are you saying? This man was blind, and what he was trying to look do at this guy's this cheek, dude. His loogie is, is hanging his on DNA. Unreal. <laughs> what Jesus was, what Jesus That's was unreal. doing is trying to give this man his DNA. <laughs> oh man, George, how do we even get in this place, man? Where uh, would you say like four thousand people? Yeah. Go to watch that? That's crazy, man. That's crazy. What would you even do if you were sitting there? <laughs> That's, the nuts. <laughs> That's nuts, man. Uh, he that, does. <laughs> hey, right down the road, there's uh, South Tulsa ba uh, Baptist. It's not far <coughs> from there. I, I could think of it. And the pastor there preaches expositionally. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He Go was, there instead. Uh, I think he was. What was he? Maybe my missions professor? seminary back in the day but he preached i mean he preaches expositionally yeah hmm. but you but you're not going to get this loogie spit <laughs> so it's a trade-off you gotta you gotta you know you gotta do that math in your know. head which on. one yeah which one are you gonna which one are you gonna do oh man yeah um i've i've heard and read so many comments of and he's doing this when there's a COVID pandemic, and I'm just thinking, is it okay if there wasn't a COVID pandemic? Right. right. <laughs> uh, so this guy knew what was happening. I think this guy is is his his brother. Mm. Um, but he's he's in on it. I mean, he's I mean, he's not. <laughs> I don't know how how do you even approach your <laughs> how do you approach your brother so i've got this i've got this sermon illustration that i want to use and i need you to be a part of it <laughs> i'm gonna spit in my hand and rub it all over your face <laughs> and the guy said yes yeah yeah he's like mm, the guy's yeah. like all right <laughs> that's actually a good idea yeah yeah i don't even know how that conversation <laughs> would go mm -hmm. <laughs> so he did so, so the whole point is you got to trust God when your vision might get nasty. All right, so I don't get, I don't get the point. Like it's so weird. So he, um, he, Jesus, he spits on the man's eyes mm -hmm. um, to heal him from his blindness. This isn't the one where he makes the mud. Uh, I don't. It. It's unclear. There's there's similarities, but um, where where's he healed the where's he healed the man in John? Is it in Jerusalem? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this this is in Bethsaida, okay, which is not it's not far. I don't know if John would. Yeah, I don't know. Let me go back and verify. Put those together or not? I I don't know. Um, but he's not he's not making. It, it doesn't say he made <clears throat> made mud with his with his spit. Mm -hmm. Again, John is making a he's he's bringing out that Jesus is violating the Pharisees. Oh yeah, you know Sabbath law. Mm-hmm. That's not what Mark is bringing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one where he uh, he 
he lays his hands on him and he says, "Do you see anything?" And the man says, "I see, I see people that look like trees." Yeah, walking around, and Jesus lays his hands on him again and and heals him. Mm. Um, so I I don't know it. I probably would say that they're they're two different, two two different times. Huh. But anyway, um, I don't. <laughs> this whole idea he's he's so he's making this leap right mm-hmm. between Jesus literally giving a man his vision back, <clears throat> right, and uh, you know a vision. Right, a vision of you know what God, God telling you to do yeah. something, he, he, and, he and means hearing from God, yeah, mm-hmm. in their sense. I, yeah. I, we should have brought that uh, other. We, should, <coughs> we could have done a whole series of crazy clips. Maybe we'll do one a Friday. Remember mm-hmm. Todd Bentley kicking the person in the head? <laughs> is that uh, yeah. is that one online? I don't know if it is or not. Yeah. So not a not spit, <clears throat> but kicking someone in the head. Kicking someone in the head. Yeah, yeah. with his biker boot. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know if there's actual video of him doing that, but I think there's video of him, or at least audio of him saying, talking about it. Right. I don't know. You got to have like a, <clears throat> there's got to be some like accountability, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, it's probably another scenario where this guy runs everything. Yeah, he's, pro- a, he's probably the guy. There's no board of elders around where you could be like, hey, yeah, George. Uh, yeah. You know, I thought about maybe uh, spitting on some people at church, and you could be like, so, and you "Yeah, could be like, oh, I mean, I, I mean, think that's you, a good idea." If you walked into my, if you walked into my office, and you're like, oh, "I want to run an illustration by you," <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thinking about rubbing spit on someone's face. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plurality of elders really comes in handy in <laughs> those times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, this is not what the point of the passage is. Mm-hmm. The point of the passage is here's Jesus. He can give sight to the blind man. Right. Right. Yeah. What? And, and there's, there is this, um, this is right before Peter confesses Jesus as Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's Jesus gives physical sight, but his disciples need spiritual sight in order to see who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not what this is not what's going on in this in this clip at all. That's that's not his point. So uh, this guy's apology. Sure. Yeah. So he gives he he apologizes. He goes on Twitter and he right. apologizes. Uh, it's a I mean it's a it's a, we, good, it's a good apology. Like he's he's not saying you know uh, you know. Uh, some people just blew it out of proportion or whatever. No, he's he's like, it's nasty. Well, I, what I did was nasty. Well, I'll play it. Okay. All, it's, a, all, it's a good. I've a got good it apology. right here. Uh, in all fairness, we showed his video. Yeah, yeah, uh, we, yeah. He he goes on Twitter. He he apologizes. And we did I, laugh I think at him. Yeah, and we and because it's worthy. He laughs at himself too. I mean, it's, he it's worthy of being mocked. Yeah, and laughed at. Right. Uh, he probably maybe isn't. <clears throat> I don't know the rest of his life. I'm having questions about his qualifications. You know, to what, to what stand, questions yeah, are you having, Jay? To, <laughs> um, to stand up and uh, preach. <laughs> but let's let's hear his apology. Okay, let's 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 be fair. I guess. Okay. 
Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope you're having an amazing Monday. I just want to acknowledge uh, what happened yesterday when the spit hit the fan. I watched it back, and um, it was disgusting. <laughs> like, that was gross. I want to validate everybody's feelings um, that that was a distraction to what I was really trying to do. I was really trying to make the word come alive and for people to see the story. But yesterday it got too live, and I own that. And um, I just want to make sure people know that we want to help people. We want people to see Jesus. We want people to feel loved. We want people who are desperate to be able to find hope. And I'm passionate about that so much so that I try to do extreme things to help people get it. And yesterday it crossed the line. So um, I love you guys. I appreciate everybody that's been praying for us and sending us messages. And to anybody who just saw that three minute clip, I really encourage you to go back and watch the whole message. There's some truth and some life in there that could potentially change your whole life. Um, when Jesus uh, spit on <coughs> that man, he was blind and then he could see. Um, for my brother who I love and uh, honor so much, I just called him. He was bald before I spit on him and he's still bald today. <laughs> so no miracle here. And uh, So next time I'll rethink and do something different. I love everybody. I'm praying for everybody. And uh, Transformation Nation, thank you for writing. We're going to represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. All right, everybody have an amazing week. Peace. All right. So that's... <laughs> Yeah, it was a good apology. Um, yeah. But two things, two things that stood out to me. That's the second time I've seen that. Two things that stuck out to me is the first that um, he wants the story to come alive, and so he does extreme things. Right. <clears throat> I, I think so. That gets that gets back. I think down to he probably has a very uh, weak understanding of the Word of God. Yeah. Um, as to as to. <clears throat> is this really God's word or not? Mm -hmm. And also he probably has a weak understanding of what preaching is. Yeah. Um, so I'd say if you want the word to come alive, well, you you need to plan to preach the text expositionally, right? Right. So you preach the text expo expositionally and you actually lay forth the actual meaning of the text. Uh, so you plan beforehand your study, and then you're praying for God to make the text come alive, right. because only through the work of the Holy Spirit does this text come alive in someone's heart. So mm -hmm. you want it to be impactful. You don't you don't have to get extreme. Right. You just have to be to do what you're called to do, right? Like uh, if you want a, if you want to win, you say you're you're you want to win a race. Well, what do you get? You get you got you got a, a racehorse. Mm. Right, um, so you have a racehorse. It's the Holy Spirit. Right. So when you do extreme things, you're trying to take over. It's like you racing a horse. Yeah, I just made that up. I don't know if it works or not. I don't know. In my mind, it works. So <laughs> if you want it, the text to come alive, what you don't do is jump off the racehorse and start running the race yourself. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need to. Um, he doesn't need to do extreme things. He just needs to preach the text and then believe that God, the Holy Spirit, will take the text mm -hmm. and use it, right? And it will accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish, mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, the second thing is that he said that he um, he the illustration got in the way. Yeah, and I think that's a good a good reminder for all of us as preachers 
that the illustration my my preaching professor he always he always said I'm sure it wasn't original to him is that the the illustration it's supposed to be a window it's not supposed to be like a painting right like the the point of the illustration is not look at that cool illustration and get hung up on that illustration mm-hmm. it's meant to be this window into this is what the text means right um and so that's a good reminder that illustrations they are meant to illustrate the text they're not meant to just be an end in themselves that's right that's um, good that yeah. that illustration certainly <laughs> became an end in itself i'm sure no one was listening to anything that he said yeah um during it <laughs> or after it <laughs> because how can you mm-hmm. like, what's he even what's he even saying right. who, who even cares what he's saying he just spit in his hands and we know what he's getting ready to do right right um so not a you not ever a, wonder not a great though, they've got a, a saying you know like no no uh publicity is bad publicity something like that you ever hear that larry and you ever wonder like sometimes these guys beforehand they know okay I'm gonna take some negative press on this, mm-hmm. but there's no such thing as bad press. Like it's gonna it's gonna pay off because my name will be out there, more people will hear, they'll come. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How many uh how many times said that thing been? I mean, I never heard of this guy before. Yeah, I had neither. Yeah, I so had So people neither. all over the country are talking about it. Yeah. Um So next thing you know, he'll probably write a book. <laughs> probably. Right. It's yeah that the clip had been viewed 1.7 million times by Tuesday. Right. So I'm sure it's been viewed a lot more since then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it uh, it gets the it gets the views, but it, it's not what preaching is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry if we grossed anyone out. Uh, it grossed us out, so we had the we had the share. We joy, joy shares joy, right? It's such a. <laughs> You ever like try to put yourself right? Like pretend you're not a preacher anymore, and you move somewhere new. Like pretend that, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe pretend. All right, you haven't even been introduced to expositional preaching in the Reformed faith or any of that. The stuff that you would be exposed to in the world as you're like trying to find a church, right, is wild. Like how do you, how do we go about trying to? Uh, to reach those people, yeah, because like, like I'm thinking, you got four thousand people. They're scrawny sheep. There's some scrawny sheep, barely alive. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yep. They're being fed loogies, and it's, you know what I'm saying? Like so, and I know they're all over the place around here, like in our town. Yeah. How do you break out of how, like? How do you escape? Like get reach out from the this like bubble we're in. Maybe just rely on the church folks to do it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the I I tell our our church members all the time. You guys go where I'll never go. Mm. Like if you're if if a church is just hoping that the pastor is going to be the the outreach guy, um, which a lot of churches do, you're going to be you're going to be sorely disappointed. Because you guys go where we can't go. You guys are going into schools. You guys are going into government buildings. You guys are are traveling. Like one one guy, even five guys, are not going to be be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what is it? There was a survey. I, I don't even know when the survey was. Maybe last year. Maybe two years ago. That most people come to a church for the first time not because a pastor invited them, but because yeah, a friend like, invited them. Because their friends were bringing them. Yeah. I feel like, like, that, like that, they don't. 
I feel like our church brings quite a few, yeah, quite I do a too. few of their yeah. friends with them. Oh yeah, I mean, and many of them there's, stay. There's, yeah. yeah, there's a there's a lot of people that have been inviting inviting friends, and their friends have been coming, and yeah. that's that's how people are going to come. They're not going to they're not going to come because they stumble upon our podcast and they're like, oh, Jay and George are such great guys. I want to go and hear them preach. Right. Like that's that's just not that's just not going to be the case. Um, that's not the point of this podcast. You know, the point of the podcast isn't to try to get our names out there so that people want to come and hear us. Right. Um, the the church members, and if you are listening and you go to another church, same same responsibility. Don't don't look to your pastor as the sole evangelist and the sole outreach guy. That's your his job is to equip you so that you go out and do the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. That's that's Paul's words. You know what's kind of a good idea. Like since so like say we preach expositionally, it'd be super easy to do. Like say okay, I'm going to start a Bible study with my unreached friends that it, like that that are in my circle either at work or neighborhood, and you take notes during the Sunday sermon, mm-hmm. and then you take everything that you know that you learned that week, and then you teach it to your friends. Yeah, make it make it like a little. Uh, you know, gathering like special occasion, like you, you know, you have like a little like cooking deal that you do. Yeah, invite your friends to like trick, like take turns cooking, grading each other's food or whatever. We did that once when I was being uh, discipled. Before I was a pastor, pastor would have some guys over his church. He'd make food for us, um, and then we'd have. I don't remember. We had to like guess what was in the ingredients, and then grade his. He was like a a soup connoisseur guy and okay. he he make different soups like and it was kind of fun you know but anybody could do that stuff yeah. you know so you might think oh, i don't know that that the bible that well just take good notes take good notes yeah. then take it talk about it have your friends over talk about it and again that's what the pastors are there for yeah i don't know what this passage means i don't know how to teach it ask your pastor <laughs> Don't don't like have your pastor come and teach it. Right. Like, can you help me out with this? Yeah. Well, after Sunday, you'd have a pretty good idea mm-hmm. if you pay attention. Yep. Especially after Text Driven Tuesday. Yeah. And that's that's the purpose of this podcast <laughs> is to equip. That's right. Equip our our members. And that's what for text, the work text Driven the Tuesday is all about. Yeah. Right. So. All right. Good hey, stuff. but you've got a you got to you got to go to church to get this right, Jay. You'd have to go. Yeah. I mean. And uh, there's still some churches that I'm trying to do like this. You trying to you trying, trying to, to do this? A, I'm trying to do this smooth segue, Jay. To, are you, you catching to, it? You trying to change over, <laughs> George? I can't. What I can't believe is that, as <clears throat> we talked about, there are churches that have not been meeting this whole time. There are churches that are still not meeting, and they have not been meeting for, for two, two years. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Right. You know why it's extra unbelievable? Because I promise you they still go to Walmart mm. where there's tons of people. They still go to McDonald's yeah. or wherever they you know, they, they go. They probably have gone bowling. They probably gone to a baseball game. Probably did, did Friday say, night football. You, I'm guessing they, Friday night. Did Friday you say they probably went bowling? Who knows? I'm just, just saying like <laughs> random things that people do occasionally. <laughs> like they've lived their life for two years. Yeah. It hasn't stopped. Right. For most people. But you know they've gone to Friday night. Lights. You're telling me you guys have not gone to see Spider-Man? Exactly. 
You know they did. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> in America went to see Spider Man. <laughs> and then they're like, "Yeah, well, we can't go to church for two years." Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. This makes no sense. I don't know. We can go everywhere else, but church. They probably flew on airplanes. <clears throat> they probably in that little tube with three hundred people. Yeah. With the swirling, everyone's breathing everyone's air. Yeah, but church is a no-go. So we're talking particularly about Icon Community Church. Um, This is in Atlanta and uh, ran across this because of um, Woke Preacher Clips. If you are on Twitter and you're not following Woke Preacher Clips, you are uh, missing out. Uh, He does a great job of finding and um, really um, extracting the the relevant clips because mm-hmm. the clip mm-hmm. that we're about to show is part of a 40 minute video. And this is what two minutes. Yeah. It's two minutes. Something like that. Is this, this guy's sermon? Uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, I would assume so. It's on the, it's on the front page of this church. Like it's, it's front and center. You, you see their, uh, well, if you click over to my, if you click over to my my screen, there is uh, there's the main the main picture for the church, and then you scroll down just a little bit, and there's that's the that's the first thing is the uh, this video. Mm. So so I don't. And went to church because they were. <clears throat> I'm, yeah, I think it is. I think it's his uh, his sermon. Okay. All right, but this is. Um, he starts off with an illustration <coughs> using the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Whenever people start doing that with me, I'm just, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm like, just I just look at you and just I'm just baffled. Yeah, like either you're super dishonest or something's gone wrong in you. <laughs> to compare COVID to the Spanish flu. Yeah. I met a guy once who grew up during that time. I think I met him at this church. Larry, do you remember a guy who grew up during the Spanish flu as a kid? Man, the memory just doesn't work like it like it like it used to. Anyway, he said, "Here's what it was like: How many people died?" He said, uh, "You'd play with your friend during the week. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. they people would have something they'd put on their house to let you know a family member died. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, oh, you're playing with your childhood friend on Monday. Uh, you don't see him on Tuesday, and he's dead on Friday, mm-hmm. and just like that." Yeah. And everybody was dying. Okay. This is not that. I know several people who have died from this. Yeah. So I'm not trying to downplay that. Right. But this is not that level. Yeah. And the uh <laughs> the illustration that he's going to use demonstrates that is really extreme. It demonstrates the severity right. of that uh-huh. versus this. Right. So yeah, let's check it out. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, hey. Or, we should we reply to him? <laughs> hey, I just showed this on our uh, on our podcast. Uh, you're free to check it out. Open your doors. They went to church because they were encouraged to go, and so they went, and they said, hey, nobody's really alarmed. Back home, two days after that church service, villagers became sick with the flu. Of the 80 Eskimo villagers, 72 died. Their bodies were left frozen in their igloos. Horrific stories and details around that. And by the end of that three-week outbreak, the village housed only five adults and 46 orphaned children. 
Listen, when we get to a place where we overemphasize church as primarily an event, especially in times like these, it can literally have grave consequences. It's so important now more than ever for us to really get back and calibrate what is the church truly? What does it mean for us to be the church? Like you, I miss going to church services. I miss the local gathering. And we are working feverishly to figure... Now, now, I'll pause it just for a second. Okay. That statement is... It's a worthwhile statement. Where I think he messes up is... um, thinking people that gather for church view church as an event. Right. Right. Because we should view church as the people, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we should re- always be recalibrating our thinking. The church is the people that I am <clears throat> I am in a covenant with. We've covenanted together yeah. to serve the Lord together in this area. And it is the people. The building itself doesn't matter. Right. Um but the church gathers. The church right? The church people do something. Yeah, right. That's the, that's not that's not something that is just an in, an invention, like right. a like a modern invention. Um, uh, the church is uh, an event where people come and they you know they watch something. Mm-hmm. Like the church has always gathered, right? Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So he's making this either he's he's kind of making yes. this either or fallacy. He, he really is. But we don't want to throw that last part out, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Cuz there still are people who think Yes. Yeah, hey, you know what? I I go to church. Right. I'm not really part of the church. Well, and we I mean we use that that language. Right. I mean we use that language. We're going to church on Sunday. Yeah, I mean like, it, we but we understand it happens naturally too. Like I've never taught Evangeline; she's three years old. We're driving by, even during the week. She'll be like, "There's my church." Right. She'll point at the church building because you know? because um, I am not the church. I'm part of the church, so the church is not one individual; it's mm-hmm. the group. Right. So you you go to church because that's where the people are. Yeah, that's where they gather. That's, that's where the, the gathering is. Mm-hmm. So if I'm by myself, I am I am part of the church, but I'm not the church. Yeah, you ready for Metaverse Church? No. Because you know it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Oh, Guaranteed definitely. Guaranteed it's oh, coming. Absolutely. And people are already figuring out how to get rich off of Metaverse Church. Yeah. We should figure out a way. <laughs> to get rich off no, of no, Metaverse no. Church? Larry, Larry. <laughs> What if we became metaverse like church ninjas? Right? So you're having meta church and we're like, this isn't church. The people need to know. And so like we figure out a way to hack. Oh yeah. And our Sneak met- in. and our metaverse body just pops in pops next in, to the yeah. pastor. <laughs> like and we could be like, time out. All right. Everybody. Yeah. You're not living in reality. And then yeah. we can just like preach the gospel and then pop back out. So you want to do a JD Hall. We could be like Have spe- you seen JD Hall? Just uh, like ambush churches. Uh uh-uh. uh. He's no, like he does at that? a church. Oh, he goes yeah. in the actual church He'll building. He'll go to a church building. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. He's gotten thrown out of, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know how many churches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we can be metaverse spec ops. Okay. All right. Back to the video. <laughs> Let's see what he says. 
on how to make that happen eventually when it's safe, healthy, and wise. To eventually. Do so. eventually. Eventually. Wait, wait, wait. Eventually. Wait, wait. <laughs> eventually when it's safe, healthy, and wise to go to church. Yeah. When has it ever been when it- <laughs> safe? Safe to go to church. All right. We've been meeting the whole time. Mm-hmm. We've got Well, well, we Initially, we, took, we we took off six weeks right. when it first came out. We 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 canceled church, the church meetings uh-huh. for six weeks because it was the beginning and we didn't know yeah, what they were, this was. And they literally were saying like two million people are going to die in the next three months or something crazy. Yeah, Remember right. that? Uh-huh. How yeah. ridiculous they were talking. Well, didn't sound ridiculous back then. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't go online church. No, we just canceled it. Right. Yeah, because we wanted people to feel to feel how providentially God had brought it about and uh, then we started meeting again once, but six once weeks we realized, later we yeah once we started to see kind of what it was what it was doing we started meeting again mm-hmm. now we we started meeting with um, with safety precautions right um, but we because initially it, we it's so meeting. weird to think back on this stuff it is. initially remember Larry they were like you got to clean all your surfaces uh-huh. like, all the time and then so we did all that right we had like a cleaning crew and and uh, the people served the people our church always responded our church is the best church in the world let me tell you what they didn't give us any corona stress mm-hmm. did they you Mm-mm. not me either so awesome to no. our church people they didn't th- other pastors have not been so blessed. Right. They just did whatever we asked of them. So we did all that, and then you know, then they're like, "Oh, guess what? It doesn't really spread through surfaces that much." Yeah. Like we we've gone down to the whole thing. This has been a crazy journey. We've done the mask. We've done the social oh, distancing. Yeah. We've done we've done all of that. We didn't mandatory. We didn't make masks mandatory <clears throat> though. Uh, we never made people. Someone came in. It's like I'm not wearing it. We weren't. We didn't. <laughs> right. We weren't the mask enforcers. Yeah. Um. And then we very early were no mask. People just stopped wearing them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't really a decision right. from top down. It was people just, yeah, we're not going to wear them anymore. People have been pretty responsible though, because yeah. they uh, they're like, oh, if I, if I don't feel good, I'm just not going to, I won't go. Yeah. Um, we haven't had a we haven't had a COVID outbreak here. Now, we've had people have have who have had yeah. it. Yeah. Like now everywhere I, else, you know. Now I think God has been extraordinarily good to us yes. there there have been other churches that have tried to be safe and they've sure you know, they've uh, had outbreaks mm-hmm. and they've had people die and and uh, so we don't want to we don't want to minimize that but this idea that um we can't have church until it's you know no one's going to get sick and it's wise to do right. so this this well, extreme well, this the, extreme we have to make sure that um everyone's completely safe when they go to church is outside of the reality of every church except in the West. If, yeah, if you let, like, encourage regular living in people's lives, like, Mm -hmm. they're going to work, right? They're working inside buildings with other people. Yeah. They're going to the shopping mall, uh, even though those are dying. (laughs) They're dying out. They're going... They're going to buy groceries. They're around people all the time in their life. And then you tell them, don't come to church because it's not safe. Yeah. Something's not right. Mm. Something is wrong with that. Um, I don't know how they can do that. Like this church here, I do not know how they can do that. Yeah. That's 
very strange and odd. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right, I'll continue. I'll push play. We'll pause if we need to. But we need to ask ourselves the question still, am I overemphasizing the <coughs> local church gathering to the extent that it is making up the lion's share of my definition of the church? Because if that's the case, there might be an imbalance there. There may even be a little bit of idolatry there. And in so doing, it's hey, not just Jay, I'm upset. If you I'm want upset. to if you want to go to church because God commands us to <laughs> together together. You might have a little bit of an idolatry problem, my friend. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you're if you're if you're overemphasizing safety at the expense of God's told us that we're supposed to to meet together. You might have an idolatry problem too. Yes, Sa- safety. I'd say fear mm-hmm. uh, is it drives a lot of this. Yeah. And yeah, safety. Safety is an idol. I mean, we're the. We're living in bubble wrap times. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like people want to protect their children from everything in the world. Uh, I was joking around with you, you know, like growing up, how we raised, uh, like Drake never got sick. Mm. It's like super immune system. I'm like, what's that about? You know, I'm like, oh, when he was a kid, uh, we'd have him eat the bubble gum off the bottom of the uh, table at McDonald's. (laughs) Like no safety precautions with this kid. There's your vaccine right (laughs) there. (laughs) Yeah. He goes to he goes to church. He's in the nursery. Got a kid with a runny nose. Encourage him to go up and give him a big fat kiss. You know, spread it around early. Now, um, the safety has just gone. People, it is. It's an idol. It's American idol. Yeah, safety everywhere. Like it used to be. Nuts, it used man. to be the person that went to work even when they weren't feeling well were kind of looked up to because they're they're powering through. Mm. Right, <laughs> you you would look down on the person that was uh, that was calling in sick because now you got you got to work for two. But well, the person that comes in and they're you know they're not feeling well, but they're still gonna they're still gonna work their eight hours. Mm-hmm. Like that was like good job. But right. nowadays, it's like stay away, and then I'm gonna complain that there's no one here. Yeah, yeah. Like so, what he says, I would agree in in this sense. <clears throat> If in your mind all the church is is the gathering, mm-hmm. that's wrong. Like you gotta you gotta fix that. That's right. gotta be balanced out. But you balance you can balance that out through through scripture and being part of a healthy church. Yeah. You're not in a healthy church if that's the emphasis anyway. Right. At the it, well, I would say the emphasis, if that is the definition of church is the gathering at this place, of course, we don't stop being the church when we leave, and that's what people need to understand. Mm-hmm. We serve each other all week long. We are together, the church. Yeah. But again, you come back, come back to this thing, like, this. they haven't been meeting for two years. Yeah. That is inexcusable. Inexcusable. And we know they haven't been meeting because I'm looking at a letter <laughs> that the the pastor and the elders released to the church. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have not been meeting since the beginning of the pandemic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it's something, something's gone terribly wrong. Right. When, uh, again, if th- th- it could be different, like if we lived in Spanish flu times, the conversation could be different. Right. Right. Um, 
but we're not. This isn't that. Right. So we have people, and this is their this is their own uh, choice to make. Like we've had some very high risk people, and I'll just say to to. It is encouraging in a sense. Like you're not going to talk them out of not coming to church. Mm-hmm. You couldn't go up to them and be like, "Man, you know, you've got several things that make this incredibly risky for you. If you were to even float the idea they not come, they'd be super offended." Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're coming, mm-hmm. and they put those people to shame who would be like, "Oh man, I had a hard week's work. I'm just tired. Yeah, I think I'll just <clears throat> sleep in." Yeah. They've got something like we need to grasp. You know what I mean? Right. Um now don't take that as me telling you. You may you may have the same issues they have and, and come to the conclusion that you're gonna wait this out a little bit longer, but for the majority of human beings, right? Like I'm guessing he's young, he looks younger, his church is probably younger. Um I just don't know how you can with a with a and have a have a have like a clean conscience conscious about it right to not gather and then just be okay with everybody else just going on with their life yeah you know yeah they write in their letter um there's not a high enough assurance that a visitor or a church member for that matter is fully vaccinated that's that's one of their reasons for for well, not meeting they again this this just exposed like don't play doctor mm-hmm. you're not a doctor Vaccinated people are spreading COVID <clears throat> right. yeah. all over the place. So at the beginning of their letter, they they cite Philippians 2.4. Everyone should look not to his own interest, but rather to the interests of others. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Right. But when Paul wrote that, I don't think he had in mind, don't don't meet with the, <laughs> with the church. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's writing to the church. This would have been read in the church meeting. Um, you wouldn't have even known what, the letter to the Philippians was if you weren't in the gathering. So to use this, to use this as an excuse for it's too dangerous. There's not enough vaccinated people. Um, we're not going to meet. Well, when does it stop? Right. Like that's the question. Like right? when does it stop? Like that's the question. When is it safe enough? Right. When no one's getting sick. Because that's unrealistic. That's you're never, never you're never going to meet again, right? I mean, they're talking about this being a seasonal thing. Yeah, they are. are you're just not going to meet forever. Yeah, like that's that is that's moved beyond. Let's be wise to let's be disobedient. Yeah, let's yeah. Ma- let's make up our own our own rules. God doesn't know what's best. You're telling me that no no Christians ever got sick in the first century. That, that no no bugs that were going around killing people. Hey, I'd, I'll do you one better. In the early church, together was risky because yeah. the Romans were putting out spies. Yeah. So if you gathered, you might be you might be allowing a guest. Mm-hmm. Like you can turn his thing. Like we don't know that we won't a guest won't come in or they're not vaccinated. Well, we don't know a guest is a spy. Right. And they may then go and tell uh, the officials, and then next thing you know. We're all getting crucified. Right. How about those stakes? (laughs) Right. And uh, here we are today. You know, it's crazy. Yep. In fact, the Roman spy thing, I mean, the church, I found this little piece of information. 
was interesting to me. You ever heard of the term catechumen? Mm-hmm. So the church kind of responded to that, and one way they did that is um, they would like watch you for like a long time before yeah. they would like let you really into the inner circle. Uh-huh. So you were a catechumen. They right. had to make sure you weren't a spy. <laughs> right. And then they'd baptize you. Yeah. Very, very interesting history, isn't it? But they didn't cancel worship. No, they did not. <laughs> let's let's cancel. Mm-hmm. The Romans are on the hunt. Yeah. This is and his his illustration at the beginning where these people went to went to church because they were encouraged to do so and then they went back and out of eighty people, like seventy four died. Mm-hmm. Like this ninety, you know, ninety, ninety five percent fatality rate. That's not that is not that's not coronavirus. Yeah. That's not what's happening. 90-something 90, 90 fatality rate, yeah. This this is like 99% survival rate. Right. Uh, not Again, not to make light of the people who have, have died. Yeah. But it's not it's not that. The other thing I thought of, George, is he allowed to use the term Eskimo? I mean, I don't really care, but right. I just, I'm just wondering if uh, that's even a uh, politically correct term. I, I think that— He's, he's going to get the woke I, mafia on him. <laughs> I think it's politically incorrect. I can't remember what the uh I can't remember what what the proper term is now. I don't even know. I don't know either. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he can say that. You better watch he's, it. He's he's black though, so he can't be racist. That's true. That's right. Yeah. He can say Eskimo, I'm sure. Um do they still have Eskimo pies? Is that a thing? I I, if know. they do, I'm sure they change the name. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta look this up. I have. <laughs> this is super exciting for people that aren't watching. <laughs> hey, hey that, <laughs> that are just listening, <clears throat> dude. I found an Eskimo pie. Did you? Wait, this this looks like an old picture. Yeah, it's a. Uh, there's no way they're still they're still around today. Yeah. I don't Eskimo think Eskimo Pie, this came out in uh, twenty twenty one. Eskimo Pie has decided on a new name three months after it acknowledged its original name was offensive toward <laughs> here's what they call them. Native Arctic communities. Okay. That's a uh, mouthful. That dude. is. Goodness. Native Arctic communities. Um so there you have it. Grand Ice Cream. Dryer's Grand Ice Cream markets its food under the Eddie's name on the East Coast. The name Eskimo has long been used, but the name is considered derogatory. I'm paraphrasing this long article. They have a mission, and their mission is to not be offensive or derogatory. Well, that's... <laughs> and uh, Nestle owns them. Okay. Um, this has been used for nearly a century... That name. Really? Wow. I didn't know that. Good night. I don't, they don't say what the new name is. So interesting. But they changed it. Can't say that. Is it native Arctic community pies? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Oh, man. Yeah. There you go. Sounds tasty, Jay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounds yum. 
How'd we even get on? Oh, yeah. He I said Eskimo. I don't know. He can't say that. I don't know. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to land this plane, Jay. I don't care what he says. Honestly, I, I don't care what, what he says. I, I'm just pointing out <clears throat> the absurdity of the world we live in. Yeah. Where it's uh, safe to fly, mm-hmm. and it's not safe to go to church. Right. I think that we've... You you see it you see it in America, just this um, this this idol of health and safety. Um, there's an arrogance. There's like this underlying arrogance that um, we're going to defeat this, and no one's going to get sick again. And they almost act like we're going to defeat death. Like that's that's just it's arrogant. It's rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's trying to deny reality, and none of those things should be characteristic of the church. Yeah, that's right. Right. All right, George, shut us down. It's your turn, man. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we have talked about uh, a whole lot of things today, and uh, sorry for grossing you out, but uh, you liked it. Some, some people will never get that sound out of there. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully this has been helpful for you um, as we've been kind of examining things that have been going on around um, in different churches in our uh, you know our society. We want to uh, we want to examine these things from a biblical worldview so that we can uh, live faithful and obedient lives according to the scriptures. So if this has been helpful for you, be sure to like, subscribe, and share, and we will see you on Tuesday. And until then, God bless.